Human society is a great machine. When parts of it break down, the resulting defect disturbs all who make use of the vital component. The bigger the part, the greater the upheaval and cost of repair. You know, I've always wanted to write a novel, and it's one of those things that's been one of those lifetime goals that I thought I wasn't going to get to until I was much older. You know, one of those post-retirement projects, you know, when I'm old and gray and I've got all the time in the world and I don't really have anything else to do. But um, for some reason, I just decided to do it now. now. I can't really remember what made me start writing. I think at the time I was, I was reading a lot about post-capitalism and seeing what was going on in the world. This was uh, early 2019 or the summer of 2019 rather. So I saw how just our society was going, how things were changing, and I've always wanted to write kind of a, a novel that addressed those things. I also think that my involvement in social media at the time, I was doing a lot in the language, language learning space because I did a previous podcast the, called The Tower of Babbling Podcast, which is basically just me reading my book, The Tower of Babbling, that helps teach people languages. So I was getting involved in that community, and then I was kind of dipping my toe into the writing community as well. So once I saw, like, hey, this is how you can write your novel in such and such time, you know, they always have these motivational, you know, if you write every day, if you do 500 words a day, things like this. So I just basically set the goal of writing, I think at the time it was like 500 words a day, because I wasn't really working. I was still, it was summertime, so my... My teaching program, my school at the time was on break. Well, I had a class, but it wasn't much time at all. So that was another reason that uh, got me writing last year. Also at that time, I was watching a lot of videos from uh, Brandon Sanderson. He's a, he's a pretty well-known science fiction fantasy novel writer. He, he's, more, he's more fantasy. I, I haven't actually read any of his books, but... He's an alumni of BYU, and I guess he does these lectures, these class lectures every now and then to go back, give back to his school. So he's <laughs> gracious enough to post these videos online of him teaching basically the fundamentals of how to write a novel. You know, when you're talking about character, you're talking about plot, when you talk about world building. I watched a lot of those videos last year, and, and that helped me provide a little bit of structure because I already knew how I wanted to structure the novel I just and I knew what I wanted to talk about but I just obviously I, I had well not obviously I had never written fiction before at least not in long form so that was a good kind of go by so it was a mixture of what I was reading casually um, what I was seeing in the world and of course just seeing the social media landscape and then getting the tools that I needed from the Sanderson videos that helped me start writing uh, in May of 2019. My name is Keith Hayden, and I'm a teacher, author, podcaster, creator. Uh, I'm a lot of things. I'm a lot of things, but looks like I'm going to be adding fiction author to that list, uh, published fiction author very soon, or novelist. And um, that's that's pretty cool. You know, when I think back to my first creative work that I ever did, I mean, 
outside of school, right? Outside of academic settings where you have to, you know, draw or something. Um, it was really when I was in high school. I was 17 at the time and um, this game, well, it wasn't really game, but at the time it was called uh, RPG Maker 2000. It was on the PlayStation 1 gaming console. So it was pretty crude. I remember that this game took up hell of disk space <laughs> take like two three four memory cards just to play the game and be able to save it you know the, the space was so small by today's compared to today's standards but anyway so i created a a little game called mind trap and yeah this game was just an rpg and it was just kind of based on not based on my own life but it was kind of a what if scenario like what if I have two brothers, one younger and one older, and I was like, what if something bad, terrible happened to uh, one of my brothers? So I kind of played that out using the RPG Maker, and I have to say, it, it didn't turn out too bad. I I went back and, and played it just a few months ago, and I was like, okay, okay, I see you, 17-year-old Key. I see you, and I see you're doing your thing. So I think that I just rediscovered that, while I was in the process of writing this novel, while I was in the process of writing Sirius and Limnick, and that would just kind of reminded me, hey, you have done these types of things in the past and you can do this. Because I think that's that's one of the hardest parts about writing a novel or writing fiction for the first time. It's just uh, believing that you can do it, believing that you can finish and that you can kind of come up with something coherent in, in that endeavor. And I think it really laid the foundation for a lot of other creative works, you know, just having that creative mindset. Creativity, you know, that's, it's an interesting word because it's probably not something that comes to mind when you, when you see me or you hear about my background. Um, I'm a military veteran, uh, eight years active duty, U.S. Air Force, uh, Air Force, United States Air Force Academy graduate. So I think when I start talking about my background, uh, creativity and imagination and, and novel writing certainly are not other words that, that come to mind when, when you think of that. I just, I think people think about, you know, the stereotypes, the muscle bound, the grizzled, uh, the gruff, uh, rough around the edges, military veteran. That's what people think when they think of veterans, you know, they think about the horrors of war, but I don't think creative creativity is, is one of those things, but for me personally, I, I really fought hard when even when I was in the military to maintain that that sense of creativity that I had, like just uh, writing. I wrote a lot. I kept a journal for a long time, long time, probably like 14, 15 years for a while. Uh, yeah. So in that journal, I would just, you know, I would, I would it was like a typical journal. I would write about my day and stuff that happened, but I would also kind of take chances, you know, I would, I would write in like third person or something, I'd write from another person that I knew perspective, you know, maybe, you know, I'd kind of make up, make up something. Sometimes I'd write poetry, sometimes I'd write kind of these introspective entries about things that I learned or lessons learned or whatever I was going through at the time. So that really, I was really practicing for my novel writing, that was really Unknowingly, I, I had no idea that I was gonna, that I was gonna, that was practice for me to be able to write a novel. So, yeah, I think combined 
when I was just always maintaining my creative spirit and just getting that technical writing practice. That was another reason that got me to 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 do it. I mean, I, I feel like since I was young, I've always had a desire to create things. You know, my brothers and I we used to we used to play with Legos a lot when I was a kid. So, you know, we would create these elaborate cities and these elaborate just like worlds. The <laughs> the Lego people would have names. Uh, you know, they'd have jobs. I remember my older brother. He he made a database one time, and this was like early mid '90s, right? So. Yeah, he's already messing around with computers, but uh, yeah, he made a database of like all their names and occupations and ages and stuff. It was really elaborate, so we would just play with those, and that that just set the foundation. And you know, I, I always played a lot of video games growing up, so I, I saw those types of worlds as well. So you know, whether it was through writing video or or song or creating a podcast or whatever, I just feel like that that's it's just kind of in my blood to create things. So that, that led to the book as well. Where did I grow up? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. That's where I grew up. A lot of my family still lives there. Most of my family still lives there. Like most of the people that I know that I'm close with, they still live in, in Texas. And, you know, even though San Antonio is a really big city, it probably has like I don't know now, like two and a half million people or something at this recording. This is August, August of 2020. So yeah, it's a large city, but I I don't remember it that way, and I don't think of it that way. Honestly, I I grew up on the southeast side of town. So if you've ever been to San Antonio, the southeast side of town is real kind of industrial. It's a lot of agriculture, and then I basically kind of straddled the city and the country. So I remember going to my grandma's house, going to church. That was definitely like kind of city type. She lives on MLK Drive down there when she used to. Her house is still there. But yeah, and but then my high school where I went to school, honestly, it's just a bunch, it was just a bunch of fields and a lot of it hasn't changed. Anytime I go back home, it's pretty much the same. Like it's just, the place seems to never change. But yeah, I think growing up down there, you know, I had a really good childhood. And I played outside, video games, things like that. Um, yeah, I I had a great job. I had more or less it was a good childhood, you know. Um, and I feel like straddling both those worlds, I never felt like fully country. I never felt fully city. So that I feel like that opened me up to greater possibilities. And part of it's just who I am, you know. I'm just kind of an explorer by nature. So I I like languages, I like other cultures. I've definitely traveled a lot in during my life so I think it set the stage early on to just like not being mentally confined to one place or one identity so I can kind of take and take and choose what what I what I like so talking about the mentality you know when you, when you decide to write a novel it's a pretty big thing um like a real a, a real novel you know like not just I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of authors out there that there's a lot of people who, you know, just self-publish an indie and they'll write a small story and, and this, but I was like, no, this is like going to be a real hardcore story. So one of the things that I did in high school, I was a member of the uh, Army Junior Reserve Officer Training Corps. And I learned a lot of valuable leadership lessons 
in during that time, you know. So I always, for some reason, I wanted to write a, le- a book about leadership a long time ago. I remember the first time thinking about it was when I was a cadet candidate at the Air Force Academy prep school because I had already had like four years of JRTC and then I went through basic training and then I, I would go through basic training again the next year after that and I would just see the same kind of leadership lessons playing themselves out so I don't know I remember just like man I just want to write a book about leadership I just want to you know leadership not just in the military sense but just in general like what it means to be a good leader what a bad leader looks like um yeah things like that so those 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 leadership themes, I basically, I, I inserted that into Sirius and Limnick as well. Those some of those leadership themes. One of the characters is, is kind of this hapless leader. You know, he doesn't really choose to be a leader, but there it is. It's, it's just kind of thrust on him. And some some of you maybe have some people have maybe been in that situation. I feel like a lot of people have been where it's like, you're you're the guy, you're the girl. All of a sudden, you're the you're the man or the lady in charge, and you didn't choose it, but it shows you. So I really wanted to kind of explore what that looks like through one of my characters. One of the things that's special about this novel, Sirius and Limnick, is that it's a, it's a complete self-contained story. But at the same time, I know personally, because I'm the one who wrote it, that it's it can be looked at as kind of a chronicle of different stories. You know, I, I have a hard time sticking with the same I get bored when I'm writing, so I have a hard time sticking with the same kind of, you know, it's it's a third-person omniscient narrative, but it switches perspectives a lot between the characters, the narrator, and such. Um, and I feel like that keeps it fresh, and that makes it, um, I don't know, does that much more exciting, so it could be looked at that way. But I, I don't want to, I mean, I feel like I poured my heart, I say I poured my heart in history into this book my heart in history and I mean like of course I wrote it so the characters are all parts of me in some way but I've I've obviously you know like a lot of authors do I've kind of grabbed exemplars from people I know and kind of adapted the characters but none are meant to be exactly the people that I know because as a as a creator and and an author I feel like that's kind of limiting because they probably wouldn't do be involved in these types of fantastical situations, but I, you know, I use those as my as my inspiration for some of the characters. The book is is very much in line with how I view the world. So, um, like I've said, Sirius and Limnick, the characters have the perspective that I have sometimes, but you know, it also it has the doubts that I have too about where we're going and what we're doing as a species and as a society. So I wanted to talk a little bit about my, my uh, yeah, I guess I can talk a little bit about my teaching philosophy. So right now I'm currently a high school math teacher. I teach ninth grade math. Um, and I feel like math, you know, I've, I've taught math at various levels and in various sites and different places. And I feel like math, a lot of kids struggle with it because there's no sco- there's no story connected to it. Well, there is a story. The story in, in most, at least in the U.S., the prevalent story is that math is hard and only selective people who, are, who have the math gene 
if there ever was such a gene, can be good at it. You know, you either have it or you don't. And most people don't have it. I feel like that's the prevalent uh, viewpoint here in the U.S. And the, the story that's connected to math is kind of detrimental to kids learning math. So I feel like that's why a lot of kids aren't able to get it very well. Unlike English or history to where I'm not saying those are inherently easier. I'm just saying that they are more inclined to tap into an emotional element like you can get get emotionally attached to a Shakespeare story or or some novel that you read or history you know some historical events directly affect students lineage and who they are as people so obviously that's a little bit more interesting than integer operations or adding fractions or things like that which is just it's just facts facts are, are straight up facts are hard to assimilate so when I, when I was in school with math, you know, I'd learned that way. I, just, I can just drill and do something over and over again until I get it right. But a lot of kids, it doesn't work that way. It just becomes painfully tedious. So I mentioned this educational philosophy because I feel like it should go without saying, but we get attached as humans to story. It, you know, the more emotionally relevant it is to us, the more likely we're going to remember it and I brought this mentality to my writing of this novel to Sirius and Limic. I mean I, I real I felt like I had so many things to say about uh, certain societal issues and but I didn't want to just my first my first uh, inclination was to write an essay right just to publish it online and say hey here's the things that I think are messed up with society here's what the things I think are messed up with the human race and what we're doing and here's how we get right. But then I was like, you know, I'm just a random black dude. Nobody's going to read this. <laughs> Why would anybody want to read that from somebody they don't know? So uh, I feel like packaging it in a, in a fictional tale, you know, just like you have all these stories on Netflix or, you know, all this media, movies, things like that. I feel like packaging it in that way is a is a, is a better way. You know, you get some salad dressing and and lettuce and some croutons and some bacon bits on your salad instead of just giving them raw lettuce to eat. It doesn't taste very good. So, yeah, I feel like, I hope, I hope, I'm saying that now, that when readers finish Sirius Olympic, that they, you know, hope. I, I first I hope they enjoy it and that they're entertained by the story and the characters because I feel like truly it is a good story. I feel like it's just an interesting story, but uh, the more importantly, it's the lessons that are in there. You know, I'm a teacher, so even if I wasn't teaching math right now, I'm I still like to teach things, and the lesson is what I want people to walk away with. If, if not just a lesson, it's just like the awareness of what's going on. Some of the issues are way off into the future. There, there are things that, you know, we're not going to be trying to tackle until maybe 10, 20, 30 years from now, even though that's not way off. But, I mean, um, we got a lot of issues now that are happening. Some are, are very current issues. And that's the stuff that I'm like, man, we need to we need to really pay attention to this stuff because it's already affecting people, you know, as we speak, as, as you listen, as they listen to this or whatever. A little bit ambitious, I know, maybe, but uh, very necessary. For more information about Sirius and Limnick, 
visit keithhayden.net and subscribe. Or follow at kh underscore author on Twitter.